Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Tuesday, April 25th, 2023, and this is day 1861 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we glorify you and honor you. Thank you so much, my Lord, for showing us mercy, grace, and kindness, and helping us, Father, to um, function in this world through the power of your Holy Spirit, who you sent to lead and guide us and direct us into all truth, and to give us power so that we can do the very same things that uh, your your son Jesus Christ did. I, I thank you so much for that, Father. I thank you for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, my Lord, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Today's message is get out of your comfort zone. (laughs) It's so empowering to even say it. Get out of our comfort zone. I'm talking to myself as well. We're coming out of 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 1 through 15. 1 Kings 18, 1 through 15. So, you know, Elijah had been pretty much in hiding for uh, about three years after he told um, King Ahab, a very the most one of the most wicked kings that ever lived, along with his wife Jezebel, that it would not rain, uh, and it didn't rain for three and a half years, and it was really getting tough. And um, uh, Elijah had been uh, uh, being in a comfort comfortable place, somewhat anyway, with a widow woman and her family. So let's see what happens after that. It says, after a long time, in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria, and Ahab had summoned Obadiah, his palace administrator. Obadiah was a devout believer in the Lord. While Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had taken a hundred prophets and hidden them in two caves, 50 in each, and had supplied them with food and water. Now that's a big deal. (laughs) His life was on the line. If they had found out just a smidgen of what he was doing, he would have been put to death. So verse 5 says, Ahab had said to Obadiah, go through the land to all the springs and valleys. Maybe we can find some grass to keep the horses and mules alive. So we will not have to kill any of our animals. And, and you know, this is King Ahab, right? Very selfish, greedy. And, um, and, I, and, I, and I'm all about saving our animals, but he didn't say anything about the people. I wonder what state the people were in as well, right? Verse 6 says, so they divided the land they were to cover. Ahab going in one direction and Obadiah in another. As Obadiah was walking along, Elijah met him. 
Obadiah recognized him, bowed down to the ground and said, Is it really you, my lord, Elijah? Yes, he replied. Go tell your master, Elijah is here. So he's saying, go tell the king, Ahab, that I'm here. Um, what have I done wrong? Oh, asked Obadiah, that you are handing your servant over to Ahab to be put to death. As surely as the Lord your God lives, there is not a nation or kingdom where my master has not sent someone to look for you. <laughs> and whenever a nation or kingdom claimed you were not there, he made them swear they could not find you. <clears throat> but now you tell me to go to my master and say, Elijah is here. I don't know where the spirit of the Lord may carry you when I leave you. If I go and tell Ahab and he doesn't find you, he will kill me. Yet I, your servant, have worshipped the Lord since my youth. Haven't you heard, my Lord, what I did while Jezebel was killing the prophets of the Lord? I hid a hundred of the Lord's prophets in two caves. And then again, that lets you know how ruthless these people were. Jezebel was killing the prophets of God. So he says, I, I hid a hundred of the Lord's prophets in two caves, 50 in each, and supplied them with food and water. And now you tell me to go to my master and say, Elijah is here. He will kill me. Elijah said, as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, I will surely present myself to Ahab today. So Obadiah had every right to be concerned because his life was on the line. Not only that, you know, he knew the power of the Lord. He knew how the Lord protected Elijah, even protected him. He says, I've known, I've been serving the Lord since I was a kid. <laughs> and and, I, and I risk, I'm risking my life even now by taking care of these hundred prophets. Willingly, though, because God has given it to me to do that. And now you're telling me to go and report to the king you're here and 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 the Holy Spirit could could take you anywhere. And and then then I'll be left, you know, holding the bag, looking like a liar. He says, No, no, no. I will be here. Isn't that awesome? Okay, so point number one. Has your life of comfort and peace ever been disrupted? Like Obadiah and even Elijah, their life was disrupted. Both of them were doing okay where they were. You know, things could be going along perfectly. Then maybe the faucet starts leaking. Then you learn it's been leaking on the ceiling downstairs. Now the ceiling's messed up and starting to cave in. Not only the ceiling, but the water dripped onto some of your cherished things in boxes that are now ruined. Even family photos that are irreplaceable. And you just want to scream. <laughs> and maybe you do. <laughs> this really happened to me. God made a way for us to repair. My husband did it. Everything except for the pictures. And then we were able to get some from other family members. But this is how life is. We should not get so comfortable that we're not willing to make a move when God says it's time to go. I mean, Elijah had been living pretty comfortably, as I said, with the widow woman and her family for some time now. As you can see, he moved when God said move. 
even though there was possibly a bounty on his head. You know, when God's, God said it's time to move on, he didn't say, well, Lord, can I, can I wait right now? Um, you know, I, I want to finish this one series that I'm looking at. <laughs> or, or Lord, I, I need to finish this one little project. I'm fixing or, you know, redoing the bathroom right now and, and I don't have time. Or, you know, Lord, can it wait because I'm trying to finish school right now and I, I only have one semester left. Can I, can I wait till I'm done with that? <laughs> no, we need to move when God says move. It's very comfortable uh, to be able to predict and say, okay, I'm going to be doing this every day, just like this at this time. But it doesn't work that way. Not in the life we have. So point number two, not only did this take Elijah out of his comfort zone, but Obadiah as well. Obadiah knew how the Lord would move Elijah from one place to another at any given moment. He was concerned for his life as well as for the hundred prophets he was providing for, which was a major risk all on his own. But when we know that we know that we know it's God, the Father saying it's time, we will leave everything, or at least we should, to do his good and perfect will. And that is exactly what Elijah and Obadiah did. What possible discomfort are you facing? You're thinking, mm, I really want to do this, but what about the effect it might have on this or that? You know, I really want to quit my job. I, this happened to me. <laughs> I really want to stop working this to do the entrepreneurship that God has given me to do. I didn't know what it was then. I just knew he'd given me a gift to start a business. And, and I had the pleasure and blessed was blessed to start several businesses and run several businesses. You know, and even one with my sisters together doing a bakery. Uh, but it took a leap, a big leap. And even now, doing transition zone, T-zone, uh, it's a major leap. It's, an, it's always a risk <laughs> on a regular. I, I did not receive a paycheck for just recently for uh, about three and a half months. And uh, it, <laughs> it was not easy, but it took me totally out of my comfort zone because my first inclination was, let me get a part-time gig. And God said, no. You need to focus on the business. You need to focus on developing the program and getting all the curriculum ready and doing all these things. It takes a lot of time. He said, I will provide in the way that I will provide. Trust me. And let me tell you something. <laughs> God did not miss a beat. He cannot lie. He provided and, and whatever. I just... Each time I'm thinking, okay, God, now how are you going to do this? Rent is due. Okay. Well, my mortgage is due. My, our car payment. How, how are you, how are you going to do this? Or how, and, and I just got to a point where I just relaxed, you know, and knowing that God would make a way. I sold chicken salad off and on. My, <laughs> the one thing that I, I love doing and I'm looking to even put it in the stores one day soon. And uh, God said, make your chicken salad. That that was a way to bring in some money. You know, we uh, did with less. We didn't eat out like we used to eat out. Uh, we may have eaten out every now and then, but it was nothing big. And um, learning how to live off of less and still doing great. And my goodness, God is awesome. 
Maybe God has instructed you to share your home with children who have been traumatized, unloved, neglected. Their parents don't want them any longer. And God is saying, I've called you to do this. You to be the one to be like this um, modern day orphanage. But but you are there in those like um, uh, foster care. Uh, you are taking in these children. I know a couple of people I can think of right offhand. One of them is my a friend, uh, Linda Jemison, and her husband, Fred, and their family have taken in children for years. And I mean, have, have done awesome work because that's um, their calling. And they stepped out of their comfort zone and, and turned their beautiful home into this, this wonderful um, place of safety and, and still beautiful uh, for the children that they took in. And they, and they taught them the word of God and raised them up. Um, you know, it, it is just, I've got a friend, Rebecca, one of my new good friends, who's doing similar work with people that she's, that she knows and, and uh, working with youth and, and making sure they have safe places to stay. I, and, and there's many of you doing so much, so many good things. God has called you to take care of those children. Yes, you. It's time to yield and move out of your comfort zone. This is your day. Trust God. I promise you will not be sorry. For uh, seven years, I worked for my old job, uh, the Center for Conflict Resolution, teaching restorative practices and, you know, uh, working with youth training, teaching them in their classrooms uh, for years doing that, uh, how to, you know, resolve conflict peacefully. And then my boss uh, asked me to start teaching, uh, helping with um, teachers, teaching them, uh, doing the trainings with them on restorative practices, along with the principals and administrators. And uh, it was pretty safe because it was similar to what I was doing with the youth. But I wasn't the lead person, the lead trainer. I was, you know, uh, started off with my boss and uh, one of my colleagues and they were excellent at it. They had been doing it for years and, and they played off of each other really well. And, and I was learning, you know, and I would maybe get up and do like one section or two sections out of a two day training. And maybe my segment was 15 minutes long, you know, uh, and I was fine with that. I was fine and I was learning and and listening to them. And then and then one day they <laughs> got so many trainings that it was like time to split up. And uh, I had to be uh, moved out of my comfort zone and be what I would consider the lead trainer. That's not necessarily what they called it, but I was the one now. Here's your, your sheet, Jackie, your agenda. You know, you can do this. Go do it. <laughs> and I had another person with me that may have been new to it and didn't know. So they were like I was when I started. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I've got to do this without them a whole full two days, eight hours a day. <laughs> I was nervous because I felt like I don't do it like them. And God said, right, but you do it the way I give it to you to do it. You're still, you know, using the curriculum and making sure it gets across in the right way. But you do it in using your style. And that was the thing I had to learn that I can't do it the way they do it. Not using their style and their, you know, their uh, 
way of communicating. My way was different than theirs, but it was still the same curriculum, getting it across in the same way, but using your way of doing it. And that was the one hurdle I had to to overcome. And once I got comfortable in the way God gave it to me to do, I was off and running. It was scary at first, I must say, but still like Joyce Meyer says, do it afraid. And I'll never forget how, you know, at the end of the trainings, um, we asked the people to do a, um, not a survey, but what is it called? Anyway, to fill out the form to share how well we did or did not do. Uh, Post-evaluation, that's what it was, to do evaluations on us. And, uh, you know, we would always at the end, look at those evaluations, how did we do? And I was always surprised at the high ratings they would give me and also my team. And uh, my boss would even say, great job. And looking at those ratings and uh, and even if it's low ratings, it helps us to figure out, okay, this is what we need to improve upon. That too is a way to take us out of our comfort zone. And I mean, the ratings were always great. I did that for um, uh, several, I don't know, maybe about uh, the last uh, three or four years I was with the center. And um, I learned a lot. And God was preparing me for such a time as this, doing trainings all the time with our youth again. And trainings and, you know, in school still, but doing it through T-Zone, teaching the what we do with T-Zone. What is God showing you to do? Mm-hmm. What is it that you're saying? I don't know for sure. Pray about it. Ask God to show you beyond a shadow of a doubt. Is this what you would have me to do? You're going to know. And then get busy. Get to moving. Quit making excuses. There are no more excuses. Time to get moving. All right. All right. I'm just trying to encourage you along. <laughs> it's your day. Now, if you don't know Jesus, y'all, that is the very first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Oh, glory be to God. I love you all so very much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to check us out on tzonekc.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community, teaching our youth life skills, workforce skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation, and human and sex trafficking awareness, along with DIY projects. Uh, We're excited about all of these modules, these training sessions God has blessed us with. And we thank you so much for your support. We are very grateful to each and every one of you. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day. Uh, Make it an awesome day and fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.